Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Battle Buddy Podcast. Got a great guest on today to talk about business, entrepreneurship, running a business, and, and a great program called Warrior Rising. Uh, if you are a business or a prospective business owner, you may have heard of Warrior Rising. You may have some questions about Warrior Rising. Today, we're going to hear a lot more about it. We're going to kind of walk through the steps and learn a lot, a lot more about it, kind of peel back the layers of the onion, if you will. Uh, and, and learn more about it. Um, I've got a, a personal friend, fellow veteran, Frank Mantow, the original crane eater. He's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, he connected me with our guest today, Kenneth. Um, and Frank speaks so highly of Warrior Rising and what it's done for him uh, that I was so super excited that Frank connected me and Kenneth um, to be able to highlight for all of you exactly what Warrior Rising does. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Welcome to the Battle Buddy Podcast with Keith McKeever. So welcome to the podcast, Kenneth. Thanks, Keith. How's it going today? Well, it's going good. How about yourself? Oh, doing all right. Just enjoying life. That's good. Well, it's better than the opposite, right? Exactly. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, a little about yourself and, and your your story. Yeah. So my story. Um, I'm an Army veteran, nine and a half years between active and ready reserve. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in the Wyoming National Guard after getting off of active duty. I actually got off of active duty in 2010. So right in, you know, 2009, 2010-ish, right at the end there, um, right into the middle of an economic pretty much disaster, if any of us remember that. Not um, exactly a great time to get out. Yeah. Not exactly a great time to get out and, you know, not exactly a great time to find a job. So I became, you know, what? Me and a few of our my buddies on the Warrior Rising board say we became accidental entrepreneurs. Um, I had a couple great skills that I had learned in high school, graduated with a computer science degree, and founded my first computer networking business. Um, from there, you know, traveled around quite a bit, played a little bit of more college football, which I did before the military as well. Um, played professional and college rugby, traveled the world with that, played for the all military team. And then founded my second business um, when my first business got backed and we started growing exponentially, um, started another business because I can't just do one thing at a time. Um, really was running two businesses, doing all this other stuff, playing sports, finishing up my college degree. And then I was getting ready actually to go to medical school, um, had acceptance into medical school for an MD PhD program. And two weeks before I was supposed to start classes, um, I turned them down and I said, I, I prefer business instead. Um, ended up going back and getting my MBA from the University of Wyoming and the University of Fortheim in Germany. Um, it was a dual degree program that was offered and you know, ended up working at Credit Suisse and then worked six years at Goldman Sachs before leaving a little bit earlier this year to found yet another company, um, Main Street Bond, which is going to be a crowdfunding web website to help entrepreneurs, as well as starting my own little VC fund, so venture capital fund, so that I can actually invest in entrepreneurs. So, you know, lots of things going along there. And during this kind of crazy time period, my buddy Jason Van Camp, um, he's a former special operations officer, um, Green Beret, decided to start Warrior Rising, which you know, he asked if I would be a volunteer and a teacher at first, which I did. And then eventually, oh, that's four years ago now, five years ago, he asked me to be on the board. And so I've been on the board since. Awesome. 
Yeah, that is a heck of a story. And, uh, you know, like you said, you know, you get involved in a lot of things. I'm kind of like that. I think a lot of vets, we either find ourselves involved in a lot of things or you find yourself involved in like nothing. It's like, like a feast or famine thing. Like you're like one of, one of the two, it seems like, but, um, but, co- but football and rugby, that, that is interesting. So yeah, where did football, you play those? Uh, University of Wyoming. Okay. So yeah, played there. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a bigger guy. If, you know, Frank's a, you've met Frank in person, you know, yes. and so I tower over Frank. Yeah, I, I tower over Frank. Um, I'm about six, four, about right now, walking around about 280. Um, you know, I also fought MMA. So all of this kind of just retired as a champion in MMA last year. So, you know, it was just constant. I have to constantly be on the move. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's always been fun. Played for the Denver Barbarians, played for a few other teams as well. So, I mean, at the high level. So, I mean, it was great fun, actually. And while I was in Germany um, for my MBA, played on a professional football team out there. And, you know, that was so I just constantly have to have my hand in something. Oh, no, that, that's awesome. And for any listeners out there who uh, have not explored rugby, I highly encourage you to do so. I will admit, I do not know and understand all of the rules, but I discovered rugby sevens a few years ago. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, where has this been my entire life? And why is this not on TV more? Yeah. I, you know, wish, I know there's differences yeah. between the different levels and that, you know, however many players on there, but like, man, rugby is awesome. Yeah. And I was, I was mainly, so I played 15s and sevens um, under union rules. And then for sevens, it's just one big rule set. Um, sevens, super fast pace it's seven minute halves so it's a 14 minute game you have seven players on the field and think of it kind of you know in terms it's kind of like seven or nine man football right it's a lot quicker speed than union rugby um but it's wonderful to get people involved in the sport it's also a great physical activity you know if we can all lean back to it it's kind of back to our military days when we had to run you know, the two miles and 13 minutes to get your top score on the APFT, uh, well, at least for the Army. And that's what you're doing with sevens rugby. So the only thing is, is that you got hitting, tackling, everything else. Um, I got a couple gnarly injuries from that, which, I mean, obviously no pads and guys <laughs> like me running around and going into each other at full force. You, you tend to get a few injuries, but I mean, it's a, it's a great time. And it teaches the same things that we all learned in the military and just really continues to build on them. That teamwork, you know, working towards individual excellence, everything else. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, like most sports that are team sports, it requires teamwork, but it's it definitely one of those uh, definitely requires teamwork and coordination and communication to be able oh, to yeah. move the ball up and down the line and get it to the right person to break open and, and go score a try, right? It's a try. Yep. 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 See, See awesome. I, know hey, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> I know a few things. So uh, back to the warrior rising thing. So you kind of alluded to, you know, kind of the, the story there to help, to help veterans, but um, who, who is warrior rising for what? Yeah. So warrior rising is for veterans and their immediate family from any time period. So originally we started with focusing in on the post nine 11, the GWAT, um, the global war on terror, excuse me. So just so that I figure all your listeners know, but Hey, you know, so, you, never know you might have somebody older, you know, who, yeah. who, who doesn't, or so may have a know, spouse we, who does, you know, doesn't know. Exactly. That 
And so we did, you know, we originally focused on that and then we broadened our focus to any veteran. And then we said, well, who else gives, you know, sacrifices? And we also said, hey, anyone in their immediate family. So that's where kind of who we help, which is a very broad group, right? Military spouses, sons, daughters, military veterans. Um, and the key point here is that our entire service is absolutely free for everyone. So all of all of those people that qualify, it's absolutely free throughout, you know, the entire course. So I know the the first step is an automated intake. What what exactly does that yeah. look like then? So I'll, I'll take you through kind of the five steps. Yeah. Um, but first and foremost, I want to say if this brings with you head on over to warriorizing.org, which, yeah, you know, you can player. go right yeah, through here. Oh, awesome. It's in the uh, show notes too. Everybody, all my usual listeners know I've, I've always got it in the show notes. Awesome. So our automated intake, basically you go through and you fill out some forms, which tell us how long did you serve? You know, we, we ask for that information. We've actually got a connection into the DOD to where we can verify as soon as you say, Hey, I'm, you know, Keith, I served, you served in, Army Air correct or Air Force. Sorry. Yep. Apologies on that. That's and you, right. you made you made you made the smart choice. I made kind of the dumb choice. Um love my time in the army, but looking back on it, I wish I would have joined the Air Force. Um then so you go through automatically validates if you're a spouse, you fill in, you know, your spouse's information. Everything gets automatically verified and you get an email from us. Now, what that does is it's all like, what is your business? What do you need help on? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Once all of that is combined, you get a link to the Warrior Academy and a login to the Warrior Academy. Now, the Warrior Academy is kind of the next step. You know, we have a six-step process, as you already alluded to. But the Warrior Academy is, I like to put it as a Ranger School MBA, right? We basically took... The idea behind Ranger School is, you know, one of the most elite leadership, it is the most elite leadership course the military has to offer. They combined it all into 60 days to be mentally tough, everything else. We did the same thing with an MBA program where like, vets aren't going to have two years to go to an MBA. Most vets aren't, with an idea like this, don't want to do two years of an MBA program. And even more so, some of them haven't gone to school for business before. They don't understand business. So how do we do this? We turn that entire academy and MBA into military lingo that you and I are used to. You know, If I tell you to go fill out an op board, you can go fill out an op board, an operations order for those that aren't in the military. But you know, when you go do that, that tells you where you need to be, what, what your target is, everything else. Well, that's how we designed the business plan. So it's all like everyone in the military knows how to write an op board. That's how you can write your business plan. So it really takes all these key kind of almost, imag- I, would, I don't want to say imaginary, but you know, non-physical aspects of the business process and then tosses it into a way that veterans and their family can easily learn business terms, lingo, accounting, everything else to where they can very, they're prepared to pitch their business and prepared to start their business, whether it go to a bank for funding or anywhere else. Well, it's great because, well, like you said, not everybody has a business degree or had any business training because, you know, those of us that are veterans, we know that like, the GI bill and the education benefits, like 
some people qualify, some people don't qualify. Depends if you're active duty guard, reserve, how long you serve, when you serve, where you serve, like all exactly. of the charts and graphs that determine what benefits you actually get. All all that crap, you know, we, we you know what I mean. But like it's it's stupid, but it is what it is, right? So like not everybody has those benefits or spouses even. Like you know, I didn't serve exactly six years, so like I could never transfer my GI bill to my spouse. One of those things. I mean, there's a lot of people like that. Oh, serve four years, you know, and you know, I'm doing something, but my spouse is trying to do business. They're trying to launch it, but I didn't serve, you know, I only served four years or, you know, maybe they serve five or whatever and they didn't transfer it over. And that kind of sucks that they can't, you know, so it's a great avenue for them to be able to use something like that. Yeah. And, and the other thing, you know, you, you said stupid, but our entire model is kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Like it's designed for anyone to be able to understand it. It's the same way that, you know, we, we train everything in the military, right? You should be able to do every job that you're capable of and with the correct training. So that's what we did. Yeah. Well, don't overcomplicate stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, no need to overcomplicate it. I mean, think about like for anyone that's gone through the VA, there's obviously a ton of jokes within the veteran community about dealing with the VA. We don't want that experience for anyone that comes onto our program. We want it very quick, simple, you know, let's get to the, get moving to the point because, you know, it's efficiency of movement. You know, if, if I'm going out on a mission or anything else, it's not like I'm going to take a 10 loop-de-loop, go into the background and then come back. It's, you know, find your target, acquire your target and then destroy. Absolutely. So that's the academy. And then, so what's next? Yep. So the academy, once you complete the academy, by the time you complete the academy, you're going to have a business plan. You're going to have be able to do some financial projections, everything else. Then we go into our monthly coaching sessions and mentoring sessions. So, you know, for each of us, we have quite a few different avenues that we mentor and coach on. For me, mostly it's finance. You know, I spent six years on wall street doing finance, um, doing, I think you're uniquely qualified to (laughs) to mentor in that. that It's, you know, and then we've got people that have done nothing but strategy. So it's all like, Hey, here's your go to market strategy. We have some people that they're super good at retail and they mentor on retail. You know, we do this and it's a monthly session. We'll normally bring in a few different guest speakers to talk through it. And then, you know, move forward. Normally we try to do picking mentors. Um, and also if you want to be a mentor or a coach, you know, beyond all the vets that are out there, but anyone else who's listening to your podcast and might want to be a mentor or a coach, we do have open volunteer spots for those as well. So, you know, we, we bring on the mentors, the coaches, we try to do it right now i'm i'm a little overloaded on mentees i have about seven right now that you know i'm helping and they're all different types of businesses <laughs> so it's it's a little bit interesting but you know i've, I've run enough different types of businesses you know i, I gave some of the highlights but run about seven different types so i've been able to use that learning um but we have a ton of coaches and mentors just like me that are mentoring and this goes on this can go on for months right Starting a business isn't something that happens overnight. And the other big thing about this is most of us that are mentoring and coaching, we're older. 
I know that in recent business stuff, everyone's all like, well, we have all these 20 year old multi-million dollar entrepreneurs. And it's all like, that's not statistically correct. They're kind of the extreme example. Your average successful entrepreneur is about 42 years old. So like when you actually look at the statistics, the vast majority fall into about 42 years old. Why is that? You know, you have an expertise or you have a passion and you've had to go through the cycles of learning, you know, in the military, we, we learned our leadership characteristics, right? In the corporate world, you're learning your trade. This allows for people to mature a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm a lot different right now as I am than what I was as, you know, I joined the military when I was about 21. So when I was 21 and didn't have a clue and was very immature. So that's where we see a lot happen here but you know that's most people yeah but we have we have these coaching sessions that you know until you're ready to go forward you know people can stay there for two years and it's it's perfectly fine and then once you feel ready to really kick off your business we go through something called vet to ceo now i've seen people go straight from the warrior academy to vet to ceo I've seen some come in and say, I finished with Warrior Academy, stay a year and a half in our in our mentoring sessions before they feel ready to go on to the next step. Really, it's all about your comfort. This is entirely self-driven. Vet to CEO is basically giving more of what the Warrior Academy did. So this is where we're gonna bring in, you know, nightly classes. I shouldn't say nightly, normally they're weekly. We'll do weekly classes, you know, we'll get to, and it's a nine week program. So this one is literally nine weeks of, you know, you have set classes, things like that, to ensure that you're ready to start your business and that you've thought through, you know, this goes into financial planning, this goes into <clears throat> content creation, this goes into just about everything possible that you could think of to run a business. Okay, yeah. That's then, that's a very, very valuable step. So the people that tend to skip that, do those people tend to have a little bit more business experience or business background? So we actually don't, we used to allow people to skip it because we were still building or, it out. Yeah, um, skipped, I mean, I skipped the other yeah. steps to that. So, yeah. So you really can't, you can't skip the Warrior Academy, but when you go into like the monthly mentoring one-on-one, -on -one, if you have business experience, if you've been to B school, things like that, you know, that's going to fly through more, it a little faster. You're yeah. Gonna, you you're going to feel, you're going to feel more comfortable to say, you know, think of it, think of it this way, right? If you come in and you were in like JROTC, all of that, you've been running the Army PT test since you were 14 years old, and you go to basic training, is, you know, you're not going to need as many hand holding things as someone who doesn't understand anything about the military. So, Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, it's one of those where the monthly mentoring, it's, it's a great value add. And, you know, even a lot of people in the vet CEO are still going to monthly mentoring meetings. You know, Frank, Frank, I don't think he's missed one. And he's been in our, pro, for the monthly mentoring, I don't think he's missed one mentoring session. And he's been with us for about three years now. 
three and a half years, every month he's on a mentoring session because he's always trying to glean something new. Right. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, he's yeah, trying to soak up every every bit of knowledge he can and, and grow his and he's done amazing with his business. He has. I mean, when I and I'm super proud of Frank. So Frank has been one of you know, he's one of my mentees. He's a great friend as well. Um him and one of my other, if you've ever heard of Luke seminar, um, but he runs Clusive. So it's a blind software. Him and Frank literally came to me, came to Warrior Rising with ideas, and I've been able to help mentor them from the idea stage all the way to where they have very viable companies now. So that's a, that's a big thing. I think it was um, about two and a half years, probably about two and a half years ago that I first met Frank, and he was kind of a little past the idea stage. I think he had made he had made some prototypes and kind of sold them to some friends and family and stuff at that time, but. Uh, he still hadn't even kind of perfected even the final recipe. He hadn't figured out where to make them or, you know, going through all those uh, hoops and jumps that he had to, to go through. And I'm in real estate and I mean, it's totally different industry, but we're in a business networking group uh, or we were in one f- together for a while. And I just love sitting there hearing his story and his challenges because it's totally different business perspective than what I have like totally different challenges that I'll never face in my industry. So it's really, it was really informative for me to sit yeah, down here. Like there was, there was one time, it was actually this summer. So Frank gave me a call and he's like, do you know how to stop chocolates from melting when you're mailing them? And it's a problem that I'd never thought of. <laughs> that would make two of us. And yeah, I'm I mean, like, apparently there is. And so I, you know, I have some good connections in the food industry. So I was reaching out there and I'm just all like, this is something I never would have thought of. I've never, you know, I've been in finance, I've been in SAS, I've been in construction, I've been in computers. This is something, so with a lot of these businesses, you get a unique perspective, especially where I'm sitting and seeing some of the day-to-day challenges. So, but where there's a challenge, there's an opportunity to solve it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, so, and if I, you know, if we and we both know Frank. Frank will find Frank will find a way somehow to solve that problem. Well, when I when I how I've always introduced Frank, I, Frank is if you can imagine what an old Marine NCO is, that is Frank. No matter what, he's going to accomplish his objective, even if it takes him battering down the door with his own head. So I mean, he's 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 very very stubborn and I it's something that I very much appreciate about Frank is that through all the challenges and a lot of our almost shouldn't say all of our veterinarians, but almost all of our veterinarians that come through warrior rising have that same tenacity to just push through any issues. Yeah. He's yeah. He's got that never give up gutsy push through. Like, I don't care. Like that infectious, startup kind of mentality of like like you really feel the passion like nothing's gonna stop him he was gonna find a way even in the beginning like didn't phase him like he's gonna find a way had no idea how aware (laughs) you know however 50 million steps in between now and then but he was gonna find a way one way or another you know and that's why i said it's amazing to see all those steps to have heard some of those conversations you know, behind the scenes, uh, to, to get there, which is, which is amazing. And I'm sure you've heard even farther in depth, but, uh, Frank and I, yeah, I mean, Frank, 
used to call me about three times a week just to pick my brain on stuff. And so, but that's the great part about this is that, you know, when you get those mentoring and coaching and then you roll into that CEO, you know, you click with certain people, you know, and another person that maybe I'll introduce you to is um, Kurt Balish with um, Balish Heart with Balish Woodworking, you know, another vet that has done amazing things through Warrior Rising. Um, yeah, I've never actually talked to Kurt, but Kurt and I are uh, we're connected on Facebook. We we were so. in the same in the Vetpreneur Tribe on Facebook together, uh, but but we've never had a chance to talk. But I, I know he's one tremendously talented woodworker. Oh, he is. And that's like, for me, uh, that's one of my hobbies. So him and I go back and forth on some stuff and, <laughs> you know, he was, he's another one. Of, he was my mentee for a while. Um, I, st I guess still is, but really his, his business has taken off so much where he doesn't require too much of me. He just gives me more of a call every now and again to tell me how he's doing, but he's a tremendous woodworker and a tremendous businessman. And that's where following the steps of this program, right? So we're on step four with this vet to CEO program or Warrior Rising program and the Vet to CEO course, but that nine weeks truly allows, and this is kind of, it's almost like a filter, right? There are certain things that sound really, really good on paper or in your mind. And then when you start vetting it, vetting it against other people, it doesn't sound so good, right? So this is another portion of that vet to CEO where it's all like, Hey, I've got a great idea. I've gone through the warrior Academy, boom, boom, boom. And then here's where it's like, can the rubber get traction on the road? Right. This is yeah, where the is rubber it really a road. good idea. Like, or, or is, it, or is, is, is my idea crazy? And you know, this is where we talk a lot about monetization, right? Businesses need to be able to sell a product to earn money. If you can't do that, it's not a good business idea, right? So this is a very, very important step of being able to understand monetization, et cetera. Um, it's a great program. I've gone through it. You know, I've gone through everything that we're going through just to test it, but love it. You know, we have a ton of great people teaching these courses, uh, myself included. So you know, and it's all recorded so that you can apply to go to the next step, which is called a business shower. So this is actually where Frank and I originally met outside of me just reading a business plan. Now, what is a business shower, right? You have a wedding, you know, I don't know if you're, you, you said, but it, when you get married, you have a wedding shower, right? Get presents to help you start your new life. When you have a kid, you have a baby shower. So you have all the stuff ready for that. You know, we have throw showers all the time for everyone. Why don't we throw business showers for new entrepreneurs? So that's what we do is that we take them aside. We get them a custom business suit. We get them a laptop computer. We get them marketing, digital SEO. I mean, a website, the list goes on and on. And if you get invited, you get a little bit of capital as well. So that's you know, to defray expenses. Again, this is all no cost to the entrepreneur. Now, at the business hour, you go through something called a shark tank. We've all watched the show Shark Tank, right? Of course. Well, it's like one of the few shows on TV I watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great show, but we want to give them. So, you know, I've been a judge at pretty much, I've only missed two business hours. So out of, I think we've thrown 10 now, 11, I've missed two of them. Um, but they're wonderful, right? 
and you get live feedback from industry professionals. You know, you you get a full day of mentoring and a chance to win $20,000. Now, $20,000 is a huge amount of money for an entrepreneur that might be self-funding or anything else. So, you know, Frank came in second. I think, I believe he won $10,000. Um, and I'm using Frank just because I know Frank and he told me I could talk about things that we've done together and everything. It sounds here. about right. I mean, he posted that on Facebook and stuff like yep. that. So, so yeah, he, right. you know, it allows one, he got all this stuff. He got everything he need, needed to start his business. Then he got a little bit of extra startup capital to push forward and, you know, made a ton of connections. So one, when he did that, all of a sudden it goes a hundred miles an hour where now we're mentoring on how to pr for production, everything else. But the business shower is kind of the culmination of this program that can take anywhere from the quickest I've ever seen anyone go through both the Warrior Academy and that to CEO was I think three months, four months. But some people, you know, have been at it for two years. But then they, we all get to meet, we're doing all kinds of fun stuff. You know, they're getting mentored. And then here's the kicker is that a lot of, a lot of times when you deal with nonprofits, you know, I don't know if you've ever gone like hunting for heroes or something like that. They take you out hunting, you get to go hunting for a weekend and you get a great bull elk, right? Yeah, I'm going to have a European mount of a huge bull elk on my wall for, for the rest of my life, but it's one day. We don't want to be just a one day or a one year support system. So after the business shower, and even if someone doesn't go to a business shower, you become part of our tribe, right? And we call it the warrior tribe. So what does it do? It's, it's helping support, right? Frank came to a business shower in 2021. You know, I've, I'd known him since before that. So I guess we've known each other almost four years. But so we met in 2020. He is still a part of the warrior tribe. He's still getting mentorship from all of us. Every single one of our business owners, whether they've gone to a business shower, whether they've just gone through the program, they're always invited and always there at the events, um, getting mentorship, you know, moving forward with what they need to do in their life and for their business. That's awesome. I'm sure there's some extremely tight connections that are made too. Cause I know you, you do things. Um, you do some of the stuff in cohorts too. I saw on your website, you got some groups. Can you, can you talk to what, what those look like? Yeah. So the cohorts, basically we want to give people, you know, just like ranger school, right? Ranger school, you go through with the cohort so you can talk to other people. I haven't gone to ranger school just so that everyone knows. Uh, but, um, makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, un unfortunately, I just uh, long story there, but I have a we lot all of know those are super cool, bad you know, badass guys. You know, we'll give them their credit. Yeah, we'll give them their credit. Um, a lot of them are really my really really good friends, but that's where we we modeled this after is that you really want to have that support system. So the cohorts come together. You know, normally they're anywhere between fifteen and twenty people that are going through the exact same things that you are. And one of the things that we're looking at creating is kind of almost like a Reddit chat, sub chat for the cohorts. Normally they connect okay. themselves on Facebook, they give each other their text numbers. 
and text each other, do all that. But that's one of the things that we're looking to do soon is to create like a group cohort chat online within the Warrior Academy. So there might be someone that's super good at marketing. I suck at marketing, right? But my friend Nick, you know, he's amazing at marketing. So if we were in the same cohort, I could be like, hey, Nick, I need some help here with marketing. Can you help me write up this marketing plan? By the same token, he could flip it over to me and say, hey, Ken, I need some help on this pro forma. Can you build out some financial projections for me? And then we can learn off, we can learn from each other while we're learning from the course. And that provides like a really tight knit. I don't know if you were an officer enlisted, but you know, when you go through basic training, you know, for me, I went through OSIT, you know, spending 16 weeks with the guys, you, you tend to get pretty tight knit, especially when you can't do anything else. Yeah. I, yeah, I was in, I was enlisted, but yeah, I mean, when you're with certain group for a long period of time, you, you either get tight or, uh, or you really hate each other. <laughs> One yeah. of two things happen. So, but, uh, and that's why I was kind of wondering with these cohorts, cause I've, I've been in some, some different groups like leadership, uh, academies and whatnot for some things. And like, they tend to just get really, really, really tight hit like very, very quickly. Uh, usually. And I was, I was assuming it's probably the same way. They, they probably stay really, really close. And, uh, and like you said, I figured they probably ended up kind of mentoring and counseling each other in different ways too. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't seen any blowups, so, you know, that's, that's a one thing, but I think it's also the professionalism that we all bring. You know, if you're, if you are in the military or you're a military spouse, you understand the professionalism that needs to be brought to anything that you're doing. And so I see it more go that, you know, you get really tight net with the cohort and, you know, they're providing their expertise across the, across the playing field. Sometimes I think too, there's an element of that. Um, well, I'll borrow from the air force's core value of service before self, right. Or, or that military mentality of like you train your replacement, not that, you know, your cohorts are your replacement, but you just, you, you help, you train the people around you. Like you exactly. just make better, you make people around you stronger and you make them better. Cause what's, it, what's it to you? You know, if, if you're running, um, if you're running a pig farm and I'm running a, a restaurant, we're in totally different industries. What does it do for me other than a little bit of time to offer you some advice on your business? If I happen to have some specialty that might help you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, and that's where it does not cost me anything but time. Yeah. And that's where one of the things is, is that people are, they need to understand that, you know, even with a lot of, I still have mentors, mentees, and a lot of friends that I went through B school with and such that we bounce ideas off each other all the time because that's who we are as people. And that's what you need to do to become successful in life. I mean, regardless of how many quote unquote self-made millionaires or self-made business magnets you see out there, they're not. Everyone has had someone to help them. Yeah. And a lot of those people, uh, I, I, I'm going to choose my words carefully here. One thing has always really bugged me um, being in business. And I will I don't pick on my own industry here sometimes in some ways, but the real estate industry is one of them sometimes. But the, the like fake it till you make it 
kind of thing. The the fancy cars, the watches, the clothes, the 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 living the lifestyle kind of things. Like the like, man, people can just people read through that, man. Be genuine. Be who you are. Like you don't have to go buy a fake Rolex and and go lease that hundred thousand dollar BMW when you make ten thousand dollars a year just to just to try and look cool. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, I, I think I, everybody I knows that. what I'm talking about. Like, and then post, and all your whole Instagram feed is that, you know, with you model next to your car. Like, yeah. well, and I've seen, I've seen that. You know, I saw that on Wall Street quite a bit. Obviously, I, bet. I mean, I just, if you look at me, I've got this beautiful, wonderful beard. I haven't shaved since. Actually, I've shaved one time. Um, I had my last muster, you know, that I had to go to, so I took. And it was a week because I had to make up for all the drills that I had missed while I was in Germany. Shaved that week, and that's the last time I've shaved. So I toss this in the garbage, and you're never buying another one. (laughs) Pretty much, and that's. But see, I kind of stuck out like a sore thumb because I I agree with like this whole fake it till you make it thing. It's stupid. Like, live within your means and grow within your means for your business, right? That's the biggest thing that I see people make mistakes on in real estate. Like, you know, I have a lot of friends that are in real estate as well. They they aren't genuine. And when you're not genuine, it makes it harder to sell to people. Like, no matter what you're selling, like every business is selling something. I don't care if you're consulting. If you're oh, yeah. consulting, you're selling your your mind. If you're running a retail business, right? You're selling cupcakes, you're selling whatever, you're selling a house, you're- Everybody's selling a product or a service. Exactly, so the more genuine you can be is the better. You know, I think one of the things that I always joke about is that uh, I was the only person on Wall Street, the only banker on Wall Street with a a CDL. You know, I've had my CDL for a long time. (laughs) I'm just all like, (laughs) I'm never getting, I'm never getting rid of it. You know, no, I you might very well. Uh, I would not be surprised if you weren't the only one with a CDL. So, but it's a very good possibility you know, when you're when you're talking about things like this, and that's one thing that I try to to incorporate into Warrior Rising as well. When I'm talking to everyone, just be yourself. Like, don't be a robot. Don't be a you know. Don't be just another cog in the machine veterans tend veterans and their family members tend to be very very good operators of business because we're so used to creating sops right for those that don't know sops are standard operating procedures so we can literally and what you're saying is train your replacement right when we're starting to build things we build it from the ground up to where regardless whether we're there or not you know if we get shot in the middle of a firefight, someone needs to take up and step up, step up into our place. That's why we have our whole hierarchy in the military, right? And that's how most veterans treat their businesses is it's, you know, we're going to train you here, 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 and here. Let's go out and execute a plan. Let's create a great business. Yeah, I totally feel that. I can kind of somewhat consider myself like a policy and, and guidance nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I love those kind of things, but I well, mean like that and checklists and, and, and just, yeah, I totally, feel I am, that. I am not. So I have 
one of my good buddies, another veteran who he loves it. Like legit, that's what he does. Is he he's like, I just want checklists, I want SOPs. I'm like, you handle that side, I'll go handle getting connections, you know, doing everything else for the business. <laughs> so you know, sometimes yeah, I think that's a really key thing thing. And I've I've noticed that in my own business probably over the like the last six months that I'm like I have certain things that I that are my strengths and I, I've realized those. I also painfully obvious that I have weaknesses. And it's like, oh boy, you know, I need to really put the focus on my weaknesses or find somebody who can uh, who has those as strengths to, you know, you the only way you're gonna succeed is if you either bulk those up or fill somebody find somebody to fill that gap. And and that's the other part about like vet to CEO, the Warrior Academy. You're going to find your weaknesses, right? So moving back to like the Army physical fitness test, I can run, but I am not the best runner. I am a sprinter. I'm not a long distance runner. When I say long distance, anything over a mile to me is just killer. But that also comes with being six four and built like a tank, you know. Um, so. Hey, I, I'm not six four, and I was I'm 100% feel you on that. I did not like did not like but, running. Yeah, but that's I, but so, I didn't like I didn't even like sprinting. So I mean, see, I love sprinting. I'm, but when we when we really look at it, that's you know I I knew that was going to be a weakness of mine coming in. I've I've always known that is a weakness. I for sprinting, 100% sprinting, long distance running. I hate it. But that's what Warrior Rising also allows us to do. And it allows a lot of introspection. So you have to start looking yourself in the eye and say, am I good? Am I good at this? Am I good at that? I know for a fact I am not good at operations. Like, I can plan high level, put out, you know, basically your battle plan. I can put a high level battle plan out. I have to rely on someone else to say, well, if this is happening, then we need this. Like I can put out high level stuff, but when it gets down to the nitty gritty, I need someone to do that. Warrior, Warrior Academy, Invet CEO, they, you know, I've known that about myself for a long time. So it, it one helps people turn that back. And, you know, you're, I hate the saying, turn your weakness into a strength you're never going to turn a weakness into a strength, no matter, you know, there's some people that, you know, we, and I'm just going to put this out there again, going back to physical fitness. There are some people that are just born naturally good at running. Oh yeah. yeah like totally. they're, they're there. They love it. They're me. good at it. They're genetically like just. They're there running. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people, people run like all me. the time and I'm like, why? <laughs> Like that's punishment. Um, but then there's, but then there's people like me that I will never be able to compete on their level at long distance running. I just can't. So I hate that phrase. Turn a weakness into a strength. You can turn it into less of a weakness. But I also, I always have someone that can fill that gap for me. That that's what they're naturally good at. They're good at putting together a checklist. All the more power to you. I can give you what I'm doing in my mind, but 
but I could never really write it down and say, this is all the check. They'll sit there and they'll write out a checklist. They'll write out an SOP. They'll watch me do it twice and I'll be like, okay, yeah, this is how you're going to do it. Here's how we're going to write the SOP for it. So I highly agree that you need to surround yourself with people that are not yes people or yes men. You know, we, we have a saying in the military, you know, the brown noser, the yes man, the person that's never going to challenge you. I surround myself with people that are going to challenge me and have a different talent set than I have that are my weaknesses, that are their strengths. Their strengths probably aren't mine. Like my strengths, I can get out and talk to people. I can sell them something every day of the week. Some of those people, they they never want to sell in their entire life. You know, they've told me, they're like, we don't want to be on the front lines. Let us be back here, not for, not facing customers, anything else. We'll just have everything running in the background for you. So that's an important aspect and kind of an introspective aspect that you have to really, as you go through Warrior Rising, but again, in your overall life, you have to understand what you're good at. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of strength in realizing, like you said, you won't turn a weakness into a strength, but just the perspective of realizing what your weaknesses are so that you're aware of them and just be like, Oh, okay. Now I'm aware that a, B and C is a weakness for me. And then now I can, I can find a solution to deal with it, whatever that looks like. Um, and then, you know, then you can, then you can find a way to move forward. Exactly. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. But I mean, overall, like, the other thing I would say about warriorizing is that, you know, we don't want people to become part of the forgotten generations and the forgotten wars that this country has fought, right? Um, unfortunately, if you look at historical examples like Vietnam, you know, people forgot the sacrifices that all of us made, that all the veterans made. and you know, we don't want that to happen, especially with, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, there's been a lot of political upheaval within the past couple of years, obviously with the great Afghanistan, you know, withdrawal. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep that a little bit up yeah. here, but yeah. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of things that have happened. It was what it was, right? It was what it was. But we don't want current modern veterans to face the same hardships that a lot of the Vietnam veterans did, a lot of the Desert Storm veterans did. Things like right. that. Well so. it's um it's, yeah it's interesting you say that. I mean, I've been volunteering with the the Honor Flight Network. It takes veterans to DC for for many years. Actually this next week we have our uh, uh our last one for the year. But you know we we can't really find any World War II vets anymore. And I've had these conversations with some of the volunteers before there's a huge difference between the generations. The World War II vets would get huge turnouts for when we would bring them back from these trips because everybody's aware of the sacrifices they made. And the Korean War is the forgotten war. And Vietnam, we all know what those guys were subject to when they came back. And for the last 20 years, we just went over and over and over again. But the pop, the percentage of the population of us, of us younger vets that went, I think is like, I don't know if 
like one and a half percent or less or something like that. It's pretty, very, very low uh, compared to the other generations. And if you talk to like young kids these days, like they don't really know much of anything of the last 20 years. What happened? I mean, they know we went to war, but they really don't know anything. And so like, in so, you, know, you, you, it's very important to keep those. Yeah. And I mean, know, we've keep had the history. Yeah. It's, it's very important to keep the history. And like for my family, you know, just saying my mom actually just got promoted to Colonel. Um, so she's, she's in the Wyoming national guard still, um, dad retired after 25 years and, you know, just all the impacts that it has on, on the family. Right. So my little brother, you know, he was, he was born like as Afghanistan started. So it, it's just been just seeing the impact on the different members of the veteran community and the families, I think is it's another important thing. And that's another big part about why we call ourselves a tribe, why we call, you know, it's more than just, I'm, I'm, I, wanna, I wanna phrase my words right here. It's more than just a program for business. It's truly a family like you had back in the military. So that's why we do okay. call ourselves a tribe. You know, there's been times where I've had entrepreneurs call me at one o'clock in the morning because something was going wrong in their life and they, you know, I was their friend that I could talk to. So, you know, it really provides that sense of just family that you had when you're in the military. And I think that's something that a lot of us miss when we get out. I think that's why a lot of people are scared of transitioning, especially at like the lower enlisted levels, right? So oh, totally. it's, you're scared because you're going into something you don't have your battle buddy right there beside you, right? Sitting on the battle buddy, your podcast, I think that's the first time I've said it, but that's really what we're doing is we're creating a network of battle buddies for business. And so. Yeah, I think when you get to the uh, upper echelons, if, if you will, of the military, you know, they say like it's lonely at the top, right? And I, it probably is, you know, like when you're a senior leadership, you have less people that you can confide in and talk to. And when you're at 20, 25, 30 years and you're like, okay, well, my time is up. <laughs> there is no more time. I, I have to retire. You have no choice. You can't reenlist or you can't, you know, take take another, uh, you know, contract or whatever you're done. But when you are four years in and you could reenlist, if you really wanted to, you could make it a 20 year career. You do have all those, you know, friends and connections and battle buddies that you're all in the same rank or within you know, a couple ranks of each other. But when you're a Colonel or Sergeant major or chief or petty, you know, senior chief petty officer, whatever, like, it's got to be super, super lonely at the top. I don't know. I never really asked any <laughs> anybody, but it must be pretty fairly lonely. Maybe I'll have to uh, ask my mom. I'll be like, hey, mom, how lonely are you? Like, how, <laughs> like, how many connections do you guys really have at the top? Do you guys like get together and have parties like the lower enlisted? You know, uh, you know maybe not like, you know, maybe not dorm parties or barracks parties, but you know, like, like you guys get wild like that still? The good old barracks parties. Whew, Are you guys having parties there. like that? We don't know about it. Are you hiding that from us? <laughs> uh, no, they they got their clubs. You know those clubs that us enlisted people aren't allowed into. That okay. You know, so I, I, always, I always figured it was the hoity-toity. You know, 
it's the time that we club. know what happens behind those doors. It is. Maybe, yes. Any any active duty, lower enlisted, we will we will pay five dollars a photograph if you can get into the senior officers club. I, I yes. shouldn't put that challenge out no, there because no, no, it no. would it would it will happen. It will happen. <laughs> How about this That's challenge? That. Any officers that are listening that would like to provide us stories, send stories in to us, uh, email them to me, uh, battlebuddypodcast at gmail. Uh, email me whatever crazy stories you have behind the doors of the, the O Club. I want to know. And I may just do a special episode <laughs> and read aloud the stories. Because why not? I Who mean, knows? We, should, we, should, we should put the crazy, like, okay. We want the craziest stories here. We want the craziest O Club stories that you had, craziest NCO Club stories that you had. And for all of us lower enlisted, you know, for, for those that were lower enlisted, um, we want your, your craziest barracks. Again, they should be semi, you know, craziest as in no one should be getting arrested for this. But we still want arrested to now for this. Arrested now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like just... this. I like this. Yes, we'll I... put that challenge out there. Um, I know it'll be a little while before this. Yeah. So I will. Um, yeah. Once once I release this podcast, I'm going to put that out there. I tell you what, we're going to put that out there, and I'm going to I'm going to put this out there for a little while. I'll put a time frame on it. I don't know what yet, but it'll it'll be in the show notes. It'll be all over my social media. Go look at. It. I'm going to put a challenge out there, just like you said. Lower enlisted NCO and officer. I want the craziest stories. What happens in the barracks, the the, the enlisted club, and the, the officer club? I want the yeah. craziest story that will not get you arrested now. Well, because yeah, we we had so we had the SNCO club, so we didn't have like you had a senior NCO yeah, club. Yeah, so it was okay. the senior NCO. So it was like I think I think it was E seven and above on most of the, on most of where I was at. And I was in was, Dakota, Japan. We just had an enlisted club and an officer club, and when I was at Scott Air Force Base. If I remember right, there was just one club. I don't know if there was two parts to it or not. I don't know. I think I only went in there like twice. So yeah, I think I went in there for Airman Leadership School graduation and maybe yeah, something was a, else. I, I know. I remember. So we had just on the few, but the, I mean, this is like Benning. So Benning had, you know, the senior, the enlisted, and then the officer club. So, well, I guess it's not called Benning anymore. It's what is it? Um, I have no idea. They renamed so many, so many different so things. So Bragg is Liberty now. I forgot what they renamed Benning. Yeah, it beats me. But this will definitely be an interesting. Uh, I can't wait to read the, the submissions on this. This this will be this will be interesting. I'll either do a, a podcast episode on it, or I'll just do uh, I'll just stream it out as a live recording and read them out loud, and uh, I'll, I'll make it a try not to laugh. <laughs> Which, I, I, which just, is going to be tough. Just from just from some of the stories I could tell you, I I'm all like, yeah, that's going to be a tough one not to laugh. Uh, at. That, that will be a tough one. Yes. Fort Moore. Fort Moore. How more? Fort Moore. How yeah. more? Oh, that uh, that's a good one to name it. After. I mean, yeah. At least at least it was named, you know. Yeah. But I think awesome. Bragg and Benning will always be Bragg and Benning to me. Like. Well, some things will be yeah. hard for a lot of people to uh, rewire their minds. Uh, you know. Well, I, I think I still have a. My dad got me a shirt uh, that said Fort Benning or Benning School for Boys when I went to Benning for OSIT. So, I mean, for, the, for yep. that, you just have to have those things. But I yep. mean, overall, I can't wait to hear about this challenge. Um, I don't know how much longer you have, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open. So, 
Yeah. Well, is it? Um, uh, just kind of curious more on the mindset of some of the the people that go through this. Um, do you do you see a lot of people kind of get uh, to a certain point and just kind of drop out and just like drop the plan in business? I'm just kind of curious, like, or do most people just kind of stick it out? Um, so I have a pretty big sample size. We've helped over 16,000 veterans. That's definitely a pretty good sample um, size. So of the 16,000, about three quarters make it through the Warrior Academy. Okay. Or, or at least within, they get past the halfway point. The halfway point is where I see a lot of people drop out um, because that's when they realize that their business isn't viable, right? That's kind of what I was getting at. I was thinking there's probably a point where somebody says, hey, man, either my business isn't viable or this is more work than I ever thought. So, and yeah, normally that's that's about four weeks into the Warrior Academy when they start having to draft a business plan. When they have to say, will this work for me? You know, like... There's, there's one guy that's gone through twice with two different business ideas. First business idea was great in his mind, but it was for a very select, there was like 50 people in the world that do this, right? And right. it was it was basically like embalming, and I, I'm not gonna say his name, he's, he's, but basically embalming animals in epoxy so you could create scenes out of it right i was all like probably never going to be your sole source of income i could be wrong i would he... agree with that assessment <laughs> probably not but but there's some weird guys you know there's some weird there, people have I, I can't say weird days they have it's all on how you market it i guess yeah. it, and i don't know what the market is on that Apparently not very, so I, I sent him some market, like I told him where to go look at market research and things like that. Not very much of a market on that. So his first slew through the Warrior Academy, he was there for about four weeks and then he dropped out. Then he came up with the secondary business or then he came up with another better business idea, um, which is basically just a mobile franchising kind of computer repair business. And he's gone through with that. Okay. So do you, do you find a lot of people coming through with like franchises and stuff or? Yeah. And that's one of the things that we do is that sometimes people don't want to start up their own business idea. They want to start up a franchise. So right now, if you actually go onto our website, we've partnered with Dirty Dough, which is a very large national chain of cookie restaurants. And we'll be giving away a free Dirty Dough franchise. People have to go through the Warrior Academy vet to CEO so they can run it. But yeah, a lot of people, you know, it's like, hey, let's just, let's go this route. Yeah, well, I mean, it takes some of the ideas, the branding, some of that stuff. It's just, well, I mean, you know, that one is giveaway, but, you know, other franchises just buy into it and a lot of that stuff is taken care of. Yeah, and, and you have the support of a national organization. So it's, you know, with Dirty Dough, they have their own marketing machine. They have everything. You don't have to do any of that. Like me starting up another new business here with Main Street Bond, I have to do all that myself. So, you know, Warriorizing does help, you know, franchise owners and veterans start to own franchises. 
Yeah, well. I know it's, uh, you know, I mean, being in real estate, I'm, my license is with a large um, independent brokerage. It's in 37 states, Fathom Realty, um, 37, 38 states, wherever they're at now. But before I did that, I had thought about starting my own real estate brokerage, uh, my mother and I uh, doing that together. And yeah, you know what, just, just even that, the regulatory side with the state of Illinois and the requirements for certain things, it was just like, man, no, it's so much easier to even just join another company or if you wanted to just go get a franchise agreement and bring a franchise to an area, then to start a new business from scratch in, in this space, it's, it's wild how much paperwork you have to do. That's, and it's relatively easy in real estate. Like, yeah, you that's know, because you have an office space, but they were like, Oh, you don't want to have a physical office space. That's cool. But we need to be able to tap into all of your records electronically and be able to look at like, or like something like that. Like, or we need to be able to come into your office and check on things, make sure you're whatever. And I was like, look, look, man, I'm techie, but I ain't that techie. Like, I don't know how you do this. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's where we're at is like for my business right now, I'm, re I'm a federally regulated by FINRA. So because you're dealing, I'm dealing with people's money, everything else, it gets difficult, but that's one, one reason why we, like, even though we say it's all entrepreneurship, owning a franchise is entrepreneurship, right? I don't want, like, no one should ever bash a franchise owner. Why? Because it takes, it's a little bit different flavor of entrepreneurship, but it takes the exact same amount of dedication and everything. Some of my best friends and mentors have been franchise owners. So that's, you know, want to make sure that's clear to everyone that, yes, we do support Warrior Rising does support franchise owners, and it's not a cop-out in any way, shape, or form of being a traditional, you know, brand new business that's your idea. Yeah, I mean, it's like, how much work do you want to put into it? Do you want to come up with the only idea and the logo and all that back work, or do you just want to just fork out some money and take a model that's proven that works and hit the ground running? Whatever. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, a franchise if I was look if I was looking to do something different. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, to, to each his own. But I think everybody should look at, you know, look at all the different options. But I'm I'm sure I'm sure with sixteen thousand people you had come through, I'm sure you've had some some ideas you guys have looked at and been like, man, that is a genius idea. And you've probably had some come through to you could probably make a few different faces or a few different comments in your head of like, what, <laughs> you know, I try to go into every business idea, pretty open-minded because I mean, if you would have looked back, back in the day, you know, when we were growing up Uber, you know, don't get, don't get into the car with someone that you don't know, yep. things like that. So because I've also seen all the businesses at my previous jobs come through, I keep a very, very open mind. But, you know, things like putting a dead animal in epoxy, I was like, eh, that one might, yeah. you know. And I mean, I ha you have to, and that's the other part is that I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Like, I told Frank, <laughs> going back to Frank, I told Frank, I was all like, probably not the most, and I mean, he, I'm like, it's probably not like a $100 million scalable business, but Marines are going to love it. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I've told the same thing. I'm like, this is a novelty thing, right? It's not a, it's not a mainstream thing, but this is a, this is a novelty thing that you sell at Christmas. People put these in their stockings. These are things that like, I don't know if you've ever been to a Cracker Barrel, but like where you see those kind of novelty things on the shelf and you're like, okay, I'll pay a little bit more for it because this is really cool because the packaging is cool or the idea is cool or you're connected to the military somehow. And you're like, yeah, no, I'll pay that because I'm curious. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's the thing is that you get to see all different types of ideas and you have to, and I mean, you have to be brutally honest and I try, when I say brutally honest, I just should say a hundred percent honest. When I see an idea that I don't think will work, I'll give them that assessment. I'll say, I don't think this idea will work. Why do you think it will? And then that gives them the chance to think through it because I, I can tell you the answer on a map. Like if, I, if you and I were to be taking a math test, right? I can give you every answer on that math test and you will not have learned a, a dang thing. But if I teach you, you know, it's, it's kind of that old adage, teach a man a fish, he fish, you know, he, you feed him for a lifetime, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Absolutely. So I want to encourage that business mindset, that problem solving mindset. Every time someone comes to me with a business idea. Yeah, that's really good. I think it took me quite a few years in my business because my mother and I were business partners for a few years. It took me a few years. I would go to her all the time because she was, you know, guess you know my mother my trainer my mentor everything right in, in the real estate business it took a few years before i finally got to the point where i would go to her with a problem but when i would go to her with a problem and ask her a question i would already have a solution in my head and i'd go to her and be like all right mom so here's what happened here's what i think should i should do is that right or is that wrong Right. Well, and, and then I would let her tell me, okay, that's, you know, that's right. That's wrong. Whatever. Here's why. Right. But at least I'd come with a, you know, here's what, I, here's what I'm thinking so that she would know where my head and my thought process was. And she could help me course correct wherever, wherever I needed to be and turn it into a learning lesson. And that was when I flipped that mindset and, and approach things with that. Yeah. That was, that was huge for me. Yeah. That's, I mean, I learned that fairly early on. Um, I actually had a good chief. He is the former, Chief Warrant Officer of the state of Wyoming actually left being an officer. So he, he transferred from being an officer to being a warrant officer. But I ran his TAC op section for a long time. So tactical operations. And he, every time that I would come to him and I'd be like, hey, this is our problem. He's all like, you're just complaining to me. If you bring me a problem without a couple solutions, you're just complaining. So that's, that's something that I always try to, to instill in all the vet and I, I mean our program does that as well but i instill that in all of our men and all my mentees and then i instill it you know and our program tries to instill it is that you know if you're bringing a problem without at least some type of solution all you're doing is complaining and complaining doesn't get anyone anywhere that's true yeah and complaining is a negative attitude it is and especially with entrepreneurship you know i know you this is the one point that I will say you have to fake it until you make it. Sometimes you have to fake being happy and being ecstatic when the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You know, you've got 10 different bills coming due in the next 
two weeks and you don't know how it's, I mean, I've been in that situation many times where, especially when I was first starting out, I didn't know how to manage cash flow. I didn't know how to do all that. And so you had to be happy for your employees so that they didn't know, you know, the world was about to fall in on you. So that's the one time I would say you have to fake until you make it just to, to maintain a good attitude. Absolutely. I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Sometimes you just kind of have to just, it is what it is. So you just kind of have to grin and bear it and and smile and press on and, and realize that, you know, better days, better days could be ahead. And another, another thing I think you probably see a lot of this, um, it probably have challenges with this is failure and people kind of dealing with failure. And, you know, it, it took me many years to kind of wrap my head around, but it, you know, to be okay with failure, like that's the only way to grow is to fail. Not that you want to fail. I obviously want to try to succeed, but it's okay if you do fail because that's how you learn. That's the only way to learn and press forward. You don't learn as much from successes. Yeah. So, have you ever watched Rocky Balboa? It was the last boxing film that. Yeah. He, so he's got a great speech in there, right? Um, it's one of my favorite speeches of all time. That's done by a non-historical character, you know, where he's sitting there. He's all like, I can't hit as hard as life. You can't hit as hard as life. Nobody hits as hard as life. The thing is, is that life. And I mean, it's the same in life and business is that life and business. If you let it knock you down and keep you there, life will just continue to curb stomp you like that's just the way it is so when i when i learned how to deal with failure and you know taking going back into like my mma days jujitsu you're going to fail like you have to go into it knowing you're going to fail in some aspect doesn't mean the business is going to fail but you're going to fail somehow or some way it's how you react to it that's different so for me I've seen a lot of business owners with great businesses get knocked down by one failure and then curl up into the fetal position. For me, when I get knocked down or fail, I tend to get, my reaction is almost always I get angry at myself or, you know, and then it it makes, it gives me an internal drive to push even harder. Um, But you have to figure out what your reaction to failure is going to be. If you are someone that as soon as you fail at something, you're going to curl up on the floor and cry. As long as you pick yourself up pretty quickly after that, you're good. Otherwise, you know, just like the movie quote says, life will keep you down forever. So learning how to deal with failure and you know, it's the same thing. I'm, I'm a big proponent of mental health as well. So, and I know you are. So that's one of the reasons why I started this. You have to learn your strategies to be able to, you know, to be able to accept some hardship. Like we've all lost friends in one way or another, whether it be in combat, whether it be the suicide, anything else. A lot of people's reaction is to go find themselves a bottle and drink away the feelings. In business, sometimes that's the same thing is that people will, oh, if I, I failed here, so I'm going to go, you know, drink for a week or whatever. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, or it's, you know, a long day or this this didn't work in my favor, so 
stop at the liquor store. And... Yeah, so you have to find the healthy coping mechanisms, whether it be, you know, for me, it's jujitsu, it's fighting, it's working on cars, it's woodworking, all of that. But for the business owner, you have to be able to say you're going to have failure. It's going to affect your mental health. And you have to have those coping mechanisms almost installed, ready to go. So, you know, like for me, I'm in the middle of starting a new business. Things didn't go my way about two weeks ago. I mean, it was tough. I was supposed to be in DC, ended up having to speak at a conference, had to deal with FINRA, and dealing with the government every time is just a wonderful thing. Oh, of course, um, yes. I mean, my regulators are super, super awesome. But again, like if I wouldn't have had my internal coping mechanisms, that failure would have crushed me because here I was looking at an end of October launch. Now, now it's looking a little bit further down the line. Some of those failures were on me. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, but you know, at the at the end of the day, my my philosophy is well, it is what it is, and uh, some things are outside of your control. Some things are in your control, and if it's in your control and you messed up, okay, well, learn from it and press on. Exactly, that's all you can do, you know. Or you know, you know, military, you know, adjust, fire, move, move, shoot, move, and communicate. What use whatever, what are you, whatever you want exactly. to use, right? But uh, I think that's a, I think it's a good place to wrap up. I, I appreciate you coming on here, Kenneth, and sharing with yeah. us. Um, we'll have to next you, next next time. We'll have to chat more about just entrepreneurship and not warrior rising. I mean, warrior rising is near and dear to my heart, and that's why this one we we wanted to chat. But definitely want to come back on chat a little bit more about mental health and things like that, things that I've learned. So, yeah, no, I think that'd be a great, uh, yeah, we'll have to do that. We'll, we'll have to have one on entrepreneurship and mental health and kind of merging the two of them. I love that. Um, because it's, you know, it can be a challenge, you know, sometimes you can have a good day, you can have a bad day and, um, you have to have those tools. So yeah, we'll put together something for that for sure. Uh, so, and, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I really do appreciate it. I think, this is super valuable painting a good picture for everybody. If they're interested in it, um, I'll throw that up there scrolling across the bottom. It's in the show notes again, um, warriorizing.org. If you're listening to it uh, and you're too lazy to look at the show notes, <laughs> um, you can go there. Uh, everything's on the website. Yeah. They've got a lot of uh, other information uh, and resources on there. So go check it out. Uh, if you've got that business idea, that nugget in the back of your head, go apply. Yeah, no take, better take time than the present. No better yeah, time well, than the present. Hey, today's a heck of a lot better than tomorrow, and uh, you couldn't do it yesterday. So, <laughs> so anyway, I, I once again, Kenneth, I appreciate it. Thanks, Keith, and we'll talk soon. Yep. There you have it, folks. As always, if there's a resource not on the website you think should be, please let me know. Uh, remember, the website is battlebuddypodcast.net, and if you are struggling for any reason, remember the National Suicide Hotline number is 988-PRESS-1.